everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Copcast podcast. Uh, just the two of us here this, or this afternoon, actually, it's not this evening, um, to discuss the, the mad affair that went on last night. Um, Liverpool 5, Arsenal 5, 5-4 on penalties. And with me to discuss it is Jay Reid, who, who spent £27 on a ticket uh, and went for a, a moderate evening's entertainment and, and got an awful lot more than you planned for, Jay. <laughs> I, I don't think I've spent the best of £27 in pure entertainment at Anfield before in my life. Um, you know, certainly got your money's worth there. And I think it's going to be from an, Arsenal, from an Arsenal fan saying only Arsenal can be winning 5 4 with two points. I'll lose 5 4. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say you even got a penalty shootout thrown in for your money. Like I said, oh, yeah. the, the best ticket in time. But, oh, value, value for money all over the place there. But, you know, like, I think, like, like ourselves, you know, we discussed this pre-pod, Jay. It almost felt like we, we have been going into games in recent times here with a stone being dragged behind us. We're, we're afraid of losing everything's on the line. And this was this was a little bit different. We got the kids out. It was something different to have a look at, getting a look at a few players. Harvey Elliott out there, Keller and goal, um, Vandenberg, uh, the young lad on the, on, uh, the, on right back. You know, there was, there was plenty to look at, but the game, you know, took a lead. Uh, Mustafi on goal, nothing unusual about that. Um, but they came back and it was 2 1, and, and then it was 3 1. And, and you know, it was Callagher made a couple of good saves, but ended up pushing a ball out and, and, and whatever. And we found ourselves in that sort of 3 1 position. But at, at 3 1, even Jay, we were enjoying ourselves. <laughs> I said, yeah, I said to you before the pod, it was like a whole different atmosphere of just. It was relaxation. People had gone there to enjoy it. It was nice to see there was a lot of kids in the ground because obviously the tickets were affordable and probably the people who go week in, week out, home and away probably give the opportunity to others to go and experience it. And I'll tell you what, if you've if you've took your kids, would it be in half term? And I mean, me took his little lad. It was only uh, second or third game he's been to. We got value for money as well. Um, but even as the goals were going in and they were going against us, it was sort of... A relaxed approach where, as I said to you before in, in yeah, before the pod, had that have been a more experienced team with the likes of Lovren, Adrian and Henderson and a few others who probably divide opinion within the fan base, then I think the crowd might have been a bit more sceptical about what was going on on the pitch. But because these lads have played a handful of games between them in the first team, it was, you know, give them the chances and they're all going to make mistakes chances are they're going to learn from them because that's how you you'd improve as a player and five or six of them were teenagers out there so you know there's, there's people in the crowd twice three times their age so you just got to give these lads a break and it's fair play to to Klopp and, and the team from the club all the way top to bottom that these lads are coming through and they're getting opportunities and it can only benefit those who are probably in the under 16s under 14s who are looking at players a couple of age groups above them going, these lads are playing at Anfield and that could be me in two or three years. And it's an opportunity and it's hope that we're a massive club and we've got these world superstars, but you've still got time for these young lads coming through and like the local lads even who played, obviously Curtis Jones come on and in the second half and Neco Williams at right back there, they're, they're guiding lights to, to people in the, in the lower Young and ranks of the team, and also just fans are like that. They can associate that these lads are probably from their neck of the woods, and they're out there playing on on Anfield. So it's it's a it's 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 got an opinion of degraded, but I think it's a good opportunity, especially for for big teams to to give players like that a chance because it's not going to do them any harm in playing in any football. No, indeed, and look, I think. You know, we were, we were resigned maybe to going out at times, and it, but but given the priorities and what's going on at the moment, European champions, top of the league, six points clear, it always feels like we've bigger fish to fry this season than this tournament. But all of a sudden, it, it, it kind of changed. And as you you rightly said, I think it was the Ox goal. But but before before we even get to that, Jay, were were you aware on the ground just how far offside Arsenal were for that first goal? Because it was you know if if VAR had been there, also we were denied a penalty uh, early doors first half, um, a clear penalty as well. Um, you know it was a few errors, but you know it it was compounded by that fact that you know they got back into that game so quickly, but 
the, the catalyst for it was offside. Was that was was that even apparent to you? Yeah, I, I said to me, mate, we were we were in the cop, which is first time I've been in the cop for about eighteen months. Um so the the penalty decision was obviously the other end of the ground, so I didn't really know what happened. Obviously you heard the shouts for handball, but we didn't know if it was or it wasn't, you just gotta take it at face value. But for their goal, I said he's offside there, he's miles offside, he's gotta be. Because it looked like there was two or three of them that were offside. And there was that much of a gap between the Arsenal players and our back line that it was almost obvious from a position behind the goal you could see he was offside. So how the, the linesman missed it, I don't know. And then, obviously, the the next couple of goals that they got were just sloppy errors by us. I think we, we give away a soft free kick and we didn't get set and they played it quickly and they were in. And then... I think it was the third goal. Um, maybe Kelleher made a good save, but he sort of, I think he lost his bearings in terms of where the goal was behind uh, him. I think it's a, a fair to say maybe his his development area is where, where he palms the ball because of you know a few times it's an experience. You know, he's very young. That's you know, certainly yeah, not yeah. a criticism, but you know if, if there's a development area that I saw, it, it's where he's palming the ball. You know, and when you see Allison doing it so. So, you know, like Allison does it to perfection. He's aware of everything around him. He knows exactly where he's palming the ball to. And, and it's really apparent when you see it. There's a difference even between Allison and Adrian in terms of how they deal with shots and where they, they palm the ball to. There was a few occasions with Adrian. And I think that's just the goalkeeper he is, where Allison has this power to force the ball so far away from goal. And when, when you look at... At the penalties like later on into the game, we'll get to them. But I was right at the front of the cup, and you look at Kelleher and then you looked at Martin as their goalie, and it was man versus boy in terms of physique. But but you know that this this can all come. He's only a young kid, and stuff like parrying the ball, and I don't think yeah, he, I'll, I'll he knew where he was because, because to me, Kelleher shipped five goals at Anfield on his debut and left the pitch a hero. And like <laughs> only, only, only at Liverpool can that happen. But you know what I mean. That could have just as easily shattered, shattered his confidence, and he comes off the hero. And uh, you know, it's it's just it's that sort of momentum that we have going at the minute. Jay, everything's just going right for us. Everything's just clicking. Everything's just clicking at the right time, and it just feels like an irresistible force at the minute. Yeah, I mean, like, that that is bizarre to to come off a hero in that situation, but. Um, it probably done him the world of good because he could have gone off that pitch, conceded five, lost the penalty shootout and felt awful. But just saving that one penalty will have done him a mountain of good in terms of his confidence. And I think we said to you last night when we were, we were talking about this, it's it's a mentality. Right? We've heard the term mentality monsters, which Klopp has used, but it runs right the way through the club because these lads have barely played. And their attitude and the mentality and the character and the desire to to keep on fighting and keep on going, even when it looked like we were down and out, a couple of goals down. You know, the, none of the heads went down. They picked themselves back up straight away. They still played the football. They still tried what they were used to, and that's that's a shine on on Klopp and his team and how far we've come as a club. That that's the ethos that runs right through now all the way down from the very big boys all the way down to the lower ages you'd imagine it's just what we are we are the team that never gives up we are the mentality monsters and you can't compete with us even if we start putting our kids out on a Wednesday night in the League Cup they're the same mentality the word in the Liverpool shirt and the shirt carries that much responsibility that these players are playing out of the skin and upstairs in the head they know that they've got to do this for the shirt and they can do it and they've just proved it again last night that they can. Yeah, and, and I say hopefully hopefully we get to play the next round. That's another story. We'll get to that in a bit. But, you know, I think Jurgen Klopp last night sort of said as well, you know, Jay, that like, you know, I, I should be angry with the goals, but how can you be angry with that? Um, you know, I think it's just one of those anomalies that, that, that as you rightly said, that the mentality has, has shone through our first team, our the first group of players, the sort of lead by example, and and I think if you, if you're the youth team or whatever, you you know that the bar's been set at that level, and that, and and it's been set very clearly for you to to perform to, and you know 
as experiences go, I would dare say there's not one of them, even even like the likes of Origi or whatever, that didn't come off that, that pitch last night enriched in some way uh, for the experience of it. It, it. it ended up being the most unlikely of, 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 of really big nights at Anfield. It felt like, a, certainly at the end, you know, I think I said this to you as well last night, Jay, it, it felt like a Champions League atmosphere at the end. Yeah, the atmosphere last night was really good. Um, as I said, like there was a lot of young lads in there, and young kids, young boys and girls. They were obviously, they've gone probably for only the second, third, fourth time in their life that they've actually been able to get to a game with it being half-term as well. Obviously, kids are off school, so the parents are more likely to take them, which was always good. And I think that contributes. And as a side note, that, that is something that the club should look at. You know, there's... There's this young fan base that need to get access to this ground because the the feisty and they they want to scream and shout about the team and the only way they can get themselves heard is by getting them in the ground. So that's a little side note that we do need to get more associated with the younger fan base and get them involved. But the 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 young lads they know now what what the standard is for us and I mean you look at the likes of Williams who played right back he he knows he's fourth choice right back probably in terms of a first team option because there's obviously Trent and then you've got Gomez can fill out there and then we've seen Milner out there as well this season and then there's this obviously this young lad Williams so in reality he probably knows I'm never, I'm never going to play for Liverpool this season unless it's in the cup so I've got to put everything I've got into doing my best because if if I do that and the rest of the lads do it we get through we play again and I mean <laughs> You can't be angry with the goals because, all right, there was mistakes. But there was very few of them. The goalkeeper was at fault for. To be fair, he was he was sold short in a lot of occasions. He he, you know, he had made initial saves at times. It was very hard to point a finger and go, well, Callagher, Callagher's fingerprints are all over that. No, he and the first. I'm trying to remember the goals and what order they were in, but I'd say the first two. They were on, or maybe the first three. They were they on. Were roping. Yeah, but they, no they, they, were, they were eight eight yards out, even less than that. I think the Martinez goal was probably three yards, and he smashed it over his head. Then Milner but, sold him short. Um, a real uncharacteristic from Milner to, 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 to sell him that short. And again, you couldn't yeah. put any fault on him. And I think the what, the uh, fifth. What fifth, can you say? <laughs> the, that was well. Even the fourth. It was. I think it was Vandenberg sold him short, and the player nipped in, and then asked. Arsenal sort of kept it in the byline. It was a tap that in the, the, the back end. Yeah. yeah, and then the fifth one. I mean, we were the other end of the ground. But that a one, lot. <laughs> that left that left us foot, and we just went. What? It was in. It was in. It's gone. I did not. No one's saving that. Like even if you put Allison in goal, he's probably not getting to no. that one because that was no. a rocket. But then um, the Ox goal as well was an absolute. <laughs> an absolute anchor. He, he, for me. He did not play well last night. He had, no, he was awful. He, but had he did that. Absolute <laughs> nightmare. He was giving the ball away left, right, and centre. And at one moment, it was came, Henderson at the weekend. That's exactly what it uh, was. But comes up with the goal at the right time. I turned and said to me, Mason said, "I think this game's too much for him because it's Arsenal, and I think it's the only second time he's played Arsenal. And there's probably a lot of lads who he knows in that team. And I just thought this is too much for him. He, he looks, he looks lost, and he was having a nightmare. But then." He, he's the only one in that team who you'd probably say has got the ability and the confidence to do that. Even I, in, I, even I, in the first team, there's not many players who do that. Maybe Salah or Firmino. Yeah. But I've noticed him very, very apparent last night. And I don't know whether you're, you're, you what you've picked up live. I'm curious to find out. He looks like the pace is, and, and not just the pace is back, but he trusts himself. Or you know, basically opening up and running again. And, and I re- it was really apparent a few times where he was just leaving people for dead there last night. And it's the first time we've really seen the pace back with him, in, in my opinion. I've I got to say, I, I didn't notice that in the ground because obviously the emotions and stuff, but it is something I've noticed with him. He doesn't seem... It, it sort of brings you back to like when Sturridge would come back from injuries and he didn't trust his body 100%. And he would always you could tell he was exactly holding back. Right. Yep, this one getting that. He he looked as though in recent games he was just holding back, and there was things that he wanted to do in the in his head. It was there, say to to beat a player to a ball, and he just didn't look like he wanted to 
100% commit or whether he was just 100% physically couldn't get there because he needs to be match sharp. And I think we've said in the past that we're probably not going to see the best of him until after Christmas when he's building up his, his whole match fitness and his whole body strength. But I think last night there was occasions when he nipped between a few players and I mean that that goal you you see the the, the reaction on his face afterwards he was like that was magic yeah, and he, 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 knew, he knows he he's knew. not hitting another one <laughs> yeah and and he's hit what's that that's three goals he's hit in a week you could say all from outside the all box. the beaters <laughs> yeah and you can't you can't say that's not going to do any for anybody any confidence in the world because he's smashing these goals in and. As as a team, we don't score many worldies or in terms of smashing them from the outside of the box. So it it's nice to have that option. I think that's what we've been missing. We we play such good football, but we sometimes we're just missing someone. Go, you know what? I'm just going to have a crack and and test them, and then give someone else something to think about. Because if you're playing against us and you sit and you're right, they're just going to keep the ball on the ground and play us. And then you have got this lad who can smash one in from 25 yards, then that's going to give you something else to think about, which is always a good option for us going forward. No, I agree with you. And, and you know, I think we're, we're the architects of our own downfall with the majority of goals, apart from from uh, the Wolsey one. I've just, I would, uh, just nothing you're going to do about that. But listen, you know, the Ox, I think, is... I think he'll not really relax and get back to his best until he works his way. I think he's still in his head trying to work work back to where he was whenever he fell down against Man City, which was very much in, in the first-team frame. And I think maybe in his head, until he's back and feels that he's that first-team regular again, uh, it, it, you know, he's, he's always going to be fighting against himself. But, you know, you talked about lack of commitment, not really committing to tackles and, and, and things like that. And, and that's what I saw from Naby Keita last night, uh, Jay, uh, a player who was, you know, he was there, he was... You know, he he was running around, but when it came to contact, one that he to me he just wasn't, he just wasn't in the group. Then the injury again, and you know, Twitter has sort of erupted and and, and asking the question: Is this the dud? You know, every manager has to pick up a dud somewhere down the line. Is Naby Keita going to be our our dud? Basically, the player that, that we can't make anything out of. Yeah, maybe. I can understand why it's happening. I understand the conversation, and, and I don't berate anybody for having it but I'm not maybe ready to just give up just now, but I can understand why the conversation is taking place, Jay. He didn't look fit last night. I mean, he was out there, but he just didn't look fit. He looked so off the pace. It looked like he was coming back from a long-term injury and he was just feeling his way about. But even from the first few minutes, he, he didn't look on it. And whether that's something in his head or whether he is carrying something or whether he's holding himself back apparently he's know. going to be apparently he's going to be fit for the weekend but on that performance I wouldn't want him anywhere near the bench I, he's not going to he's, he's 100% not starting the weekend we can guarantee that um, maybe next week he, he gets some minutes against Genk because he had a decent performance against him last week but even on that evidence he doesn't warrant to start yeah it doesn't warrant um, the bench, in my opinion, Jay. You know that's how bad it was last night. You know, like you know, I, I've watched this guy in the, in the Bundesliga. There's, there's, there's so much more to this guy that, that we're yet. I know that injury is 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 the major cause of it. He just he has been luckless. He just cannot get himself fit at Liverpool, um, for and, and certainly not for a sustained enough period to, to to make his mark. And it's just how much longer that can go on. And and you know, even Liverpool as a club and how professional we are and, and how we're planning everything. You know, you're you're sitting there with an empty shirt, and and we've had that, as you say, through the storage time. We've had it with Lallana. Um, I, I don't think it's something that, that Liverpool would would be expecting, especially not whenever you've forked out got sixty million for a guy. No, I don't think that that's what the obviously they don't want that as an ideal situation. But I don't think we're going to give up on him as much as some fans, especially like a lot of fans right away this morning. You see, like this is this is Emre Chan. This is Daniel Sturridge all over again where they, they can't stay fit and they're, they're adored. But, you know, th- those two players I mentioned there, Chan and Sturridge, they, they put performances in for us that you can't take away from them. They were world-class at times, but I, still I don't waiting. know what it is. Still I waiting still, for, yeah, from, from Cater. It's just, it, he had a few signs last year where he was he was looking promising, but I think 
it's not helped that we we waited a year for him, and everyone had this idea he was just going to come in. And I mean, he's not the same physically type of player, but I think what people probably expected was something along the lines of Yaya Torre, where he would come in and he would be box to box, he would dominate, he would run games. Yeah, for um, me, it was about the energy he would bring yeah. to, to, to the midfield. You know, and, well, a different dynamic of energy, if you will. You know, rather than just a, a blocking mechanism, this was someone who could who could actually pick a lock as well. That was the idea I had in terms of Torre when when Torre was at City and he came from Barcelona. He was he was probably seen as a holding midfielder, and they unleashed him as this box to box animal. And I think that's probably what our fan base had in mind of what this lad is because of what had been said about him and the performances he was putting in in Germany. But there's been signs, but I don't know what it is. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't give up on him. And like, he's got to do something drastically bad to end up with the, the the situation like we had with Carius, where we basically just had to say to him, get yourself out the country and get yourself out the club and try and rebuild yourself. But I don't think Jesus, we're going to do that. They're, they're trying to send him back at the minute, which is worrying. <laughs> I know, but... <laughs> like, I mean, the, the only way I'm sending them back to Germany is if Jaden Sancho is coming back the other way from Dortmund. That's the only way I'm sending them back. Um, well, I'll, I'll settle for that myself. <laughs> but uh, Or oh, oh, Kai Havertz from Bayer Leverkusen if they want to do any business with us. A straight swap would be nice. Um, but, I mean, there was a lot of... Whether they come across in the telly, I don't know. There was a was a lot of moaning and groaning um, around the fans last night. And when he went off, I think it was, oh, here we go. And you know the the doom doom he makers. He went straight but, down the tunnel as well. I think which which sparked yeah. the the full white rage maybe a little <laughs> early. Yeah, and I don't think he he covered himself in no glory last night. But I've, it was evidence. I think it was he did he go for a header or he went for the Interception, so also done some splits. Yeah, and, he, whatever way he landed, he, he landed. He landed basically with his feet at ten to two, and or you know, it's, uh, and, and and it just he looked like he stretched, and then he struggled to actually straighten up again. Uh, and and you know, the face was grimacing and whatnot, and he was gone five minutes later. But you sort of, you sort of got, you sort of guessed whenever he he was very, 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 very slow to to to, to regain straightness. So oh, he's gone again. Yeah, you could see him stretching out. Like he was sort of had his legs in a, a wide, wide squat position. You, I noticed that he was he was stretching out. So he's like maybe he's he's twinged something, and for the next what, five or ten minutes, he was he barely moved. He he sat in the middle of the park, and it was just one two play it off, one two play it off, and he's, he's finished there. He's, he's he's done. He he had to come off, um, and. Who else do we call upon? But the the ineligible Spanish player wasn't it? He come on Chiravella. I thought if if Klopp wants out this competition, he's only gone and dug up the lad who wasn't meant to play in the last <laughs> round again. <laughs> like let's just see if he, let's see if he noticed this time. We've uh, we've had a zero. If he noticed who it is or something, but uh, I'm obviously I'm guessing he was registered now. <laughs> it must have been. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if, or, or maybe this is the plan because like we'll, we'll 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 get to the farce that is the next round when we get there. But it's you know. When you, when you when you add all the bits together, you can't say it's unreasonable. No, and <laughs> I, I don't. I, I was. I'm still lost for words to describe that from last night because it was. It was. It was a game that I don't think we've had many of them in our time. Maybe we've had a few actually against Arsenal. When you when you think back to like a six. Two or six, three in the, the Champions la- the League. The last three times a visiting team has put four past Liverpool, four or more past Liverpool at Anfield have been Arsenal. The four, four, and then the one. Do you remember the the Brazilian lad fucking destroyed us that time, six, three or something? That, that's the very one. He completely. He had four goals or something as well that night. I was mental uh, that game. And then the other Champions League game against them. Uh, when Babel and Torres got a couple, uh, that's right. God knows how many that was that night. But I mean, even seven. I think that was. They're, they're a crazy team, and Arsenal. Just to, like to touch on them, they they're in an absolute mess in terms of what they are on and off the pitch. And what's well, to say that, we we basically gifted them, them the goals? Night. You yeah, know, if, and, and 
in the hard light of day, whenever they look at it, you know, like it was one thing watching the match live, Jay, but I watched it again there last night. And it wasn't as if Arsenal were, were very good. You know, they were talking about, well, they're a mess at the back, but they're great going forward. They weren't real. You know, most of those errors that were made were unforced. Either Lalana fucking trying to go round and round circles until somebody knocks him over on his arse in the centre circle, whether it be Milner, um, you know, a, a misweighted pass. Uh, maybe Vanderberg just an experience getting caught. You know what I mean? It wasn't like... They were playing great football. It was our errors that that afforded them goals, and and I think that's maybe why Klopp's a bit sort of cool with it today. Yeah, and I seen a, I think it was a stat that they only had thirty four percent possession against us. I mean, or it'd be all at Anfield, but the players they had on that pitch, they've got World Cup winners on that team, and they've got international, full international and experience players. back four as well. To yeah, be fair, they're not good back four, but experienced. No, and they've been around the block more than. Our kids have been around in years and whatever, but they they didn't dominate us. And I I had a little sneak peek of Arsenal fan TV last night because it's always worth the banter, especially when they lose. And a lot of them were saying Ozil ran the game. Well, I'm sorry, but from where I was standing, I don't think he had any impact on the game at all. He was anonymous and there was no reason why he got drugged off. Yeah. Ineffective, um, and if that was your best player on the pitch, it tells you how bad how the rest bad. were. Yeah, yeah, you know, there was there was they had a couple of players who who I was impressed with. I mean, I like the look of Willock. He tries hard, and even when Gwendozi come on, he he you can see he's a cut above some of what they've got there. Um, Brazilian lad up on the ball, very very good. He, Wasn't Martini or, or Martinelli? He, he's uh, a poacher. He's a poacher. And, and he's I like the finisher way. as well. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, there's a couple of decent lads that they've got there. I think Saka was on the wing had a couple of goals at Williams, but Williams stood up to him. And, and that Saka is only new to the team, but he's played in Europe. He's played in the first team all season, and Williams dealt with him reasonably well. He was a couple of times he beat him, but other than that, he done well. So Arsenal, I mean, if you're looking at that from an Arsenal point of view, then there's a lot more questions than answers from that last night and I don't think it's doing anyone any favours at that club but it, it's a sign of what's going on around the country I mean Spurs are a bit questionable United are very very questionable um, and then you could go on through a list of teams but these big teams there's a lot of more questions than answers going on with them at the moment and it's a credit that we're not we're, we've got the answers even with players who don't play week in week out and kids who've come in from a younger age group, there's there's answers. There's no questions there from last night. I think there's a couple of maybe you could improve on this, but the young lads. But there's a lot more answers than questions. Well, here's a question for you: How the hell does Dave Ogarigi manage this? <laughs> he's, he's he's only fucking gone and done it again. You know, come with the R, come with the man again. How many times more is this? Like, could his cult status? Go any higher, Jay, really. You know, like that that first one, uh, the, the, the turn, the hit. Okay, the second one, we'll, we'll, we'll call it what it was. He, he got away with one. Uh, but but even so, he was the right place at the right time. You know, a bit like the, the Trent corner against Barcelona. It's, it's just, he's just on fire at the minute. He's, he's awful in games, but you want a goal, big devil deliver. He is, he, he's a mad footballer. Because I, yeah, I said, we said it amongst ourselves last night at, at the match. He doesn't strike her as a decent player, but he does world class things in crucial moments. I mean, just take his last, what, six, 12 months, maybe not even six, but nine months that we've had of Dave Okarigi since that Everton winner last December, I think it was. The winner against Newcastle, the goals against Barcelona, the goal in the final. The goals last night, he scored a goal or two already this season. When when the chips are down, he is probably, if you, if you were to line our squad up, he would be one of the last players you'd say, he'll save you. But he does. And he does it without even looking like he knows or he's bothered with what he's doing. It's just like, oh, well, I'll score the winner or I'll score the equaliser or I'll save us again. And <laughs> whether he... I don't know what, what it is, but he, he, he can be stinking 
for 95 minutes and pull out two goals. I mean, the first one, the keeper should have done a lot better because it was straight at him. But even the second one, it was behind him and he shinned it and it goes in. You think he's the only player in our squad who could have done that. And I don't know. I'm out of words because it's it's bizarre to describe him as what he is other than Jack, I got, I got some stats for you here. <laughs> uh, courtesy of Dan Kennett. Who, who uh, I've just literally just been looking for them because uh, I've seen them this morning. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> here it is in front of me. Against Arsenal, Divock Origi passed 1,000 minutes played since the start of last season. In that period, 1,049 minutes, 34 appearances, 12 starts, 24 shots, 10 goals, 42% shot conversion. <laughs> Forty-two percent, and then like you, I think he took it on to just this season alone. And isn't his shot conversion like fifty-six percent? Yeah, something like that. Complete, completely mad, completely and mad. He he comes on I, this season. He, when he comes on, he changes games because he's something totally different to what we've got. Well, he's, a, he's a handful. I would imagine that he must be an absolute nightmare, he, especially think, if you're a, if you're a wee quick fullback these days. Dealing with Evoc must be a nightmare. I think it was Bellerin last night. He lent on him. And Torreira, he lent on him. And he fell over. Because he is a mountain of a fella. But when he comes on, he is totally different to what we've got up front. And if you've been dealing with Mane and Salah and Firmino inside and out, running all over the place, and then he comes on and he's just going to run straight through you. Because that's what Run over the top of you. <laughs> he just literally, he'll, he'll just run at you. And if he can't get past you, he'll go through you one way or another and he is totally different but when he starts games he just seems to get a bit lost which I think is something that maybe we can work on because he's still a young lad but last night he had moments and he was in and out of the game but there was sometimes and he literally bullied their back line on his own and there was a couple of occasions I said he just needs to be in the middle because I think we had Brewster through the middle quite a lot and put Divock up there because he's got the best of them two centre-backs who are there in body but they're nothing else because Mustafi is a, is a car crash and holding at best is a lower half of the Premier League centre-half but he was physically dominant and that was the only thing I thought we could have maybe done a bit more last night was play off him a bit more um, but you know it. <laughs> look at what happened we we can't complain we, can't, we got away no. with it didn't we <laughs> we did and, and, you know, it's, it's like Five, 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 and you're like, and, and say, for the likes of you and your 27 quid, you're going, here, I'm going to pound the shit out as well. as the best 27 quid I ever spent. Uh, oh, and, yeah. and, and what a penalty shootout. The quality of those penalties from both sides were, were yeah. fucking magnificent. <laughs> I, again, saying last night to my friend, it was like, you, the only way you lose in this, someone's got to miss. They've got to miss the targets or they've got to hit the post. Or they've got to have a really shit penalty because the first three or four penalties were were top class. You couldn't save them, and and again, just taking it back to Keller, just the the physique. So he he didn't look very big in his goal. Where this Martinez looked a big unit, but he, he was he's he's very agile. He gets across his goal. He, he, he looked bigger after the save. To be fair, Jay, the shoulders yeah. went up after that save. Yeah, and. The socks were down after the first couple of penalties. You thought, like, come on, come on, lad, just get your chin up. And I think it, I'll tell you what, I've just seen just seen a tweet by the absolute fossil of dinosaur that is Richard Keyes, which he's tweeted at some hour of the morning. Um, what a fabulous game at Anfield. But the way, the way, in an end, a perfect example of why pens should be both taken at both ends in those circumstances. It's unfair for one team to be taking pens in front of their own fans do it at both ends. We've got enough officials now. Now, if yeah, that isn't the... He, he, he obviously fuck. back and everybody gets a trophy day at school as well. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's absolute dinosaur. I mean, so we, if we take the pens at the Anfield Road end last night, which was full, the whole lower tier with Arsenal fans, then that's not fair on Liverpool. If, if, you know, if you want, are, we if you want to allowed, are we not allowed to compete anymore? Because know, that's what it, that's what it's starting to feel like, Jay. You know, you're not allowed to celebrate because you might celebrate too hard and offend someone. Fuck off! You win the European <laughs> Cup, you <laughs> you celebrate for a year. I'm sorry. You won't call me unbearable. I'm unbearable. I'll take it in the chin all oh. day. But don't tell me I can't. <laughs> and that that's the whole 
ethos of football is the tribalism of you you support your lads and that's it. For those 90 minutes, two hours or whatever, everything else in the world has switched off. And if you're in the ground or you're at home watching on TV or you're in a pub or whatever you are, for those two hours, the world stops in terms of what is going on and you are 100% plugged in. And the way we are at the moment, why wouldn't you be? Like, and that probably done Kelleher the world of good to be at the Anfield, at the cop end, not the Anfield Road end with all the Arsenal fans on his back. That, that probably, for me, when they say the power of the cop, was probably what was there because it was ferocious. The noise, you probably wouldn't have come across on the TV, but the noise that was coming when Arsenal were taking their pens, the whistle and the scream and the shout and the chanting. But Jay, <laughs> would, it have been any, would, would it have been any different if it had been kicking at the Anfield Road end that it had all the fucking ground oh, together? That, you, you know where I'm coming from. It's, 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 it's immaterial. You're, you're the away team. You have one tiny uh, quarter of the ground. And it doesn't matter whether you're kicking into your own fans or not. You have three quarters of the ground here still going to be whistling at you. But it's called home advantage for a reason. Oh, yeah, it is. But, like, I, I mean, as a goalkeeper, that's got to fill you with confidence, knowing that all those thousands behind your back have got your back. And looking up, I mean, fair play to, to anyone who takes a penalty in a pressure situation because it's not an easy thing to do. And then... Unless you're Curtis Jones, he made it look like a walk in the park. (laughs) To see that many fans that want your blood, (laughs) no wonder Sabayos scuffed it a little bit, but fair play, you see, and then you say, Jones, I I called it, I said to him, we were trying to go, who's going to take a penalty here? We've completely forgot Lallana was on the pitch, because I think his legs were finished after about 60 minutes, and fair play, he stepped up, he put it in the top bin, as I think he did a couple of years ago when we played Man City in the final, and he takes a good penalty, I'll give him that. If only you could Cruyff turn a penalty, that would be right up his book. Um, but Jones stepping up, I said, like, he'll probably take one because he fancies himself. He's a confident lad. He come on. He was he was bright when he come on. He he got forward and he was fresh legs. And even Brewster as well. Brewster took a couple of seconds, composed himself, a couple of deep breaths, and then thought, right, I'm just going to smash this. But he knew where he was going to smash it. It wasn't like with Salah at the weekend, where Salah was just taking as much level off the ball as he could. Brewster was, I'm going to hit the bottom corner, but I'm going to hit it as hard as I possibly can. And then, obviously, with Jones, it was, I'm put on it in the corner. I mean, come off the post, did it not, as penalty? It did, I think. I, I can't remember. I, it was it was sheer excitement, but... It, it, like, it was, if it didn't, I'm sure it's scraped the post, it had the scrape, the post it was that far in the corner. Yeah, but it, I mean, the confidence, and I, I think it was. But, but even, Klopp come even, out even, even when he walked up, even when he walked up, you knew he was scoring it. There was well, no fear in him. He took it off Origi. Origi was scheduled to take the fifth pen. Yeah, that's right. And he said, "I want the fifth pen now." If you're going up to Klopp and saying, "Look, I want the I want the last pen. I'm going. I'm going to seal this. I'm going to win it," and he's got the faith not only in himself. But in the fact that his teammates before him are going to score all four, because if they don't score, the chances are you might not get to your fifth. So he's got the faith in everyone else, which has probably gone on notice that they're all going to score, and I'm going to win it. And the lad in the goal is probably going to save one, which he did. Yeah, I think the only, the only disappointment Jay is just maybe some as I say the Keita and and the, the Lana experiment didn't work for me. Milner didn't cover himself totally in glory, but fuck, we've won game, we won. You know, there's uh, we're in the next round, and that's where we need to talk about next because are we in the next round? Klopp's even magnanimously sort of said, "Well, let Arsenal play it if we can't play it." Um, it's got to the point, Jay, where. Success has brought our our fixture schedule to a grinding halt, and you know, like it's very very difficult to see a way around this. And you know, as we said pre pod, even we find a date that throws us, and we were to win that date, that would throw us into a two legged semi final, club world championship. It's just it's all getting a bit much, and all we've done is won one competition last season. Yeah, I mean, we said we literally don't know where we're going to play this game. Because we've not got a free midweek between now and January. I think it is maybe even into January. Um, 
And I think we counted up between when we come back off the next international break, which there's no there's no need for these international breaks so often. That's the third one before Christmas, which we we don't need. But um that's by the by, that's obviously something that's sorted above with FIFA and UEFA. But um when we come back from that international break from the twenty third of November to the the first weekend in January is roughly six weeks. We've got thirteen games which we have to play because they're already arranged and set in stone. And added we to have that, to win them, Jay. I got we, that, yeah. and, and this, this is the difference as well. Not we just have to, we need to win them as well. Yeah, and we're going to Salzburg, which hopefully by then the Champions League will be wrapped up for us. But if not, we've still got to go to Salzburg in December and we've got to go to Qatar. So it's not like we're playing league games that are around the corner and the lads can travel there two hours, three hours before kickoff. We're going across the continent and we're going out of the continent. We're going into the Middle East to play two games. Now, that's the price of being so good. But as Klopp said, something's got to be done because we physically cannot play this game before Christmas, in my opinion, because it's a detriment to us and we physically can't if we wanted to win this competition and we wanted to put a few stronger players out that are probably in the first team, we physically cannot do it. So as and when we play it, it's got to be something that's that works for us. And, and it's got to work for Villa as well because, I mean, we've got to fit in with somebody else who've obviously not got as busy a schedule as us in terms of European competition, but they've still got league games to fulfil. And then... We've got to. I don't. I genuinely don't know where we're going to play. It's gonna. It's gonna to have to be in January. But then it's on top of the. Um. The semi-finals. Well, when's it, when's the, the, the final. The final of that competition is in the first week of March or something, or last week of February. That um, the, the league cup final is. The league cup for this year. It is. Uh, I'll just get it up for you now. I mean, I know the first leg of the semi-finals is scheduled. For you know, week commencing uh, the sixth of January, which uh, hypothetically, you know, well, what I'm thinking, Jay, is hypothetically, could the competition run on as of, of normal and us fill in even, you know, we, we, but do do we have free weekends in January and February? I don't know. As our free our free our free midweeks, if you know what I mean. Or, well, well, yeah, the the semi finals are scheduled the first day for week commencing the sixth, which the third to the sixth of uh, January. Is the FA Cup third round, which we're in. Oh, we'll um, probably get it. We'll probably get a bloody draw and end up where he playing on our luck at the way it's going at the minute. <laughs> but then well, that's another kettle of fish in, in, in itself, isn't it? But um as it stands, the third to the sixth of January is a third round cup tie in the FA Cup. And then it's scheduled for week commenced in the sixth is the first semi-final and the second semi-final is week commencing the 27th of January. Now, looking at our January fixtures, we've got a fixture on the 2nd of January, which is a Premier League tie against Sheffield United at home. So, logic would suggest our FA Cup tie that week will be played on the Sunday, because obviously Thursday, Friday, we're going to have a rest period, unless the FA decides to really screw us over. And then we've got Tottenham on Saturday the 11th. So that midweek as it stands is free. And then we've got Manchester United on Sunday the 19th. So there's a midweek after that which is free. And then after the 19th we play Wolverhampton Wanderers away on Thursday the 23rd. So there's a round of midweek fixtures I'm guessing there. And then Jay, there's what, a gap. What, what... But what that date are we is, meant to play this this tie against Villa? Uh, Isn't it two days before the semi-final of the um, World Club Championship? It's scheduled for week commencing the 16th, so it's going to be on the 17th or 18th of And I think the December. first club, the first the first club, club game, 19th? It's on the on the web the LFC website, the fixture list. It's penciled in as five thirty on the eighteenth. On the eighteenth. Which is the Wednesday, so we, we yeah. physically can't play. And that's 
we're, we're playing what on the physically ca- No, what, what the point I'm trying to make, Jay, is could we not, in effect, maybe you know send our first team maybe if, uh, to, to to Qatar or send our second team to Qatar? Leave one team. <laughs> I know it's it's like splitting your resources and everything, but it's only a day's difference in flight. Um, you know, everything's chartered air, airplanes, private planes. They'll fly them wherever they need to be. But I, I, I still think that that on paper looks the most realistic of options, even though it's... On, I've seen it happen in South America here. Teams have played uh, two different teams in two different days and consecutive days, but I've yet to see it in Europe. No, the only time I've seen it is pre-season when we've played two fixtures within two days. I think we played it last year. Uh, we played a Saturday and a Sunday and we literally played two teams within those two days and the 90 minutes but then how do you fill your bench if we go to Qatar and we take our nominal start on 11 then we still need players on the bench and then the League Cup fixture if we play the start on 11 that started last night and who was on the bench was a, a plethora of kids from the under 18s and whatever then there is no bench for the boys in Qatar, if that makes sense. But you gamble and then... Yeah, uh, you know, you're, you're, you are going to take a youth bench, without a doubt. But but the thing is, you would like to think maybe by then Shakiri's going to be back in the frame again. Um, you know, maybe, maybe now Ikeda back up to, to, to speed again. You know, fingers crossed, full squad sort of thing. Um, if, if Look, if we can't get through... even I don't care which way you... what Which team you send... Uh, whether it's the first team or the second string goes to Qatar, they should be winning, in my opinion. Because, oh, yeah. you know, I, I've experienced... We should get a nice draw. No, I have experienced, basically, like if it's Mexico, if I watch, I watch Mexican football, they're not good. You know, no, this whole way through, and like we've got Flamengo and we've got um, River Plate left. River Plate are fucking tailor-made for either one of our sides. Uh, Flamengo, I think, would beat hands down anyway. Um, they'll, they'll be a tough ass, but they're not of the same caliber of football team. That, 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 and that sounds terrible, but we are a very, very high class outfit at the minute. And, and even our second team, based on that performance last night, I wouldn't have any problem with them taking the, the, the semi final of the, the club, the World Club Cup. I watch it every year. It's a big deal down here. The football shit, the teams are shit. So I don't worry in the slightest about that. But it's the only solution. You know, I'm looking at the fixtures the same way as you are. It's the only solution I can see is to play it that way. And maybe you have your 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 um your under 18s on the, uh, as as the bench. Um, I I don't know what way you go. Yeah, I mean, the teams that have qualified for it is what does you couldn't be waiting for the South American team, aren't we? Which is uh, what River Plate Flamengo. Um, Flamengo. Flamengo, yeah. I yeah think she, then, isn't it Chivas uh, from, from Mexico or through? Um, I'm trying to have a quick look. Potentially, in, they're a potential semi final. Uh, someone Asian, from the Middle East. In the Asian Champions League, it's Al Halal and Uara Red Dragons, I think it is, from Japan. And then there's Haijin from China uh, there. And then there's obviously there's an African qualifier as well. Um but I mean even the draw as it stands isn't isn't finished yet. Oh yeah, a quick look here. I've just found something. Uh on Wednesday the eleventh, the first round, Al Sad versus Hai Haijen or Haijen Sport, I'm guessing. I don't know the name. I apologise if you're a listener from that country and I've got your team name wrong. And then China, I think you're safe enough. They won't be listening. Um, <laughs> <can't get> internet. <laughs> the Asian champions will pay Iez Tunis on Saturday the 14th and CF Monterey will play the winner of the first game, Sad and Haijin. Well, Monterey they, would probably be the favourite side of that group. Are they the Mexican team? Yeah. Yep, and then... There is a Comabel versus the winner of match three. That's that's so River that, R. That's that's our lot down here. That's River R Flamengo. That will play the winner of the Asian Champion League winners. So that'll be the Japanese team or Al Halal versus Tunis. So you'd probably fancy the South American team to get through that. And then Liverpool are scheduled to play. It's already set. 
for the winner of match two, which will be Monterey. You'd, you'd say you'd fancy them to win that. Yeah. Uh, that's set for Wednesday the 18th, um, half five UK time. So that's already set. So we're, chances are we're going to play the Mexican team. And then the final and the third place playoff is scheduled for Saturday the 21st of December. Again, it's a half five kickoff UK time for the final. It's a half two kickoff for the third place playoff. So you would probably say the chances are, as it all figures down and breaks out, it's going to be all going well. Liverpool versus the South American representative. Final. But so, regardless, well, uh, we've still yeah. got to play two games. Whether yeah. we whether we win but, the first game or not, we've but, still got to play two it, games. It, you know, just what, just what we're discussing there just shows the logistical nightmare that, that they're facing at the minute. And not even just us as a club, but I'm talking about just the organisers of football in general. Um, they've, they've, they've pushed football to the levels now where it's 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 poorly thought out. There's not real much logistical thought put into it. And, you know, I think we could go on with this probably all day, which we'll, we'll not do because I want to move on to Villa actually at the weekend just to get get your views on that. Um, but it, it's, it's an unenviable position we find ourselves in at the minute. But uh, in my opinion, I think it'll go, it'll be something like, like I suggested that we send a team and, and, and leave a team. Um, you know, we saw it with Ferguson back in the day. They they dropped out of the FA Cup because of it, and it was a like you'll remember that time. Yeah, there was absolute outrage. Absolute outrage. But the FA Cup is full. It stars falling a whole lot. You know, you know, there's a difference, and to the point that Klopp just says like, "We'll just not play it," but that actually throws the ball perfectly curved back to, back to them. You know what I mean? It's it's up to them yeah. to deal with it. Well, quickly on that, I think because there's that many authorities that run the game, You've got the pre- <laughs> the Premier League, the FA, the EFL. They're all competing for the rights to hold their competition in England. Then you've got UEFA, and then you've got FIFA for this World Club. So and FIFA got... are unbreakable. That's the problem. Yeah. The, the commitment to FIFA is the one that is completely and utterly unbreakable, and it's the one that yeah. means the least. Jay, it means the but least. You've, you've got five authorities that want us, and yeah, uh, and mess. enviable. Some, some, <laughs> someone somewhere is going to lose out. Unfortunately, I, I mean, quickly, I think. I think the only way we play it is play it in January and they push the semi-final back. I think that's the only way and they push the semi-final into February right? because we don't resume European football. I'm going to say that because obviously we've still got to play the Champions League qualified groups, but European football does not resume until the end of February. Yeah. So we can probably squeeze the CFL Cup back, providing it fits in with Villa, providing it fits in with whoever else we can probably push it just into February and push the semi-final back which again don't have a, don't have a two-legged semi-final just have it as a cup game it's drawn if you get drawn home it's your advantage can't change that's it the way it is but that, that for me is the only resolution is pushing it into January and pushing the semis into February well, you know, it could end up being like, it'll be fascinating to see what way they do it. And, you know, the one thing I think we can safely say in closing, Jay, is whatever way they do it, they'll not fucking learn from it for the next time. I think that's, that's, just, that's, the, that's what you can come away with, sort of guarantee. Oh, yes. uh, but, but we'll move into Villa. And, uh, you know, I was, I'd sort of said in the group last night that I was very hopeful that Joe Gomez would have the game of his life last night and make a real statement that couldn't be ignored and put him back into the team beside Virgil at the weekend, and he didn't do it. <laughs> in a nutshell, he didn't do it, and it looks like our best friend in the world, Dejan, will probably be starting, given that, uh, given that Big Joel's out. Yep. Uh, I mean, we hoped that Gomez would do, do himself a lot of favours, but he didn't really do himself anything bad. Oh. But I agree, he but he, d- he, didn't, he didn't. didn't put himself in the window the way he could. No, he didn't do anything exceptional. There was one recovery which he made, which was a nice turn of pace. He got back and uh, covered. But I think it's probably set that there will be 11 changes for the weekend. I think that's probably almost certain. Um, I don't think anyone from that team last night would start. The only argument could be for potentially Gomez, but I think we know that Lovren's going to play in maybe Milner to get a, a run in the midfield, but 90 minutes in his legs midweek, he is probably going to be on the bench for that one. And that brings us nicely into the midfield. And, and the first thing in the midfield that jumps out at you and screams with red lights is the, the Fabinho situation. Um, 
I leave him out for this one, Jay. I, I do. I, I, I don't you, start him. Uh, I don't risk I, that because he's too essential. He's too. He's become too key for even to entertain the possibility of him not starting against City. Not only that, but if if he played, it's in it's on his mind, and that's got to affect your game. If you're playing the game knowing that if you get one tackle slightly wrong, you're yellow carded and you're out for the biggest game of the league season up until we play them again, pretty much. So as much as the temptation might be there, we, we shouldn't need them. I mean, there's a lot of question marks over our midfield. It's not helping Kater now picking up a potential no. knock, but at most, have them on the bench. As as an emergency, should things go absolutely pitong and you need them on the pitch for something. Well, if who, who do you out. replace him with? Because I think from last night's evidence, it's pretty clear that if you're looking for a solution, Adam Lallana ain't it. Oh no, I think we go. Ginny will, will drop back into that sixth position. He's, he's got to. For me, Henderson cannot play there. No. Uh, uh, but would, would you would you would you go Milner and Ox because that's that's my midfield that's that, that's that's what I'm angling. I, I I'd actually give Ox the run. He did he play the full ninety last night? Or, no, he, no came off. See, he, he came he, off at seventy, and I think that was possibly in mind. I would yeah, I would say there's potential then that we start with Henderson, Wijnaldum. They're going to come back in. That's that's a given. Um, I would start Wijnaldum in the six because he's a better player there. He's more mobile than Henderson. Um, and then you probably split your minutes between Ox and Milner. I would say start Ox. His confidence has got to be sky high. Give him another 60 minutes and then bring Milner on for the last half hour. Sure, the yeah, game. We, we always get a penalty in the last half hour as well. It's always better to have Miller in the pitch for that. <laughs> yeah, I think that for me, that's that's the that's the logical option. Um, have Fabinho on the bench if an if an emergency situation arises because he can play midweek in the Champions League. So you know, a week's rest won't have done him any harm, and then he can come back in for the Champions League, and then we can probably rest Wijnaldum, maybe Henderson, but as as our team currently goes the way it is, you would say it's more than likely that Henderson, Wijnaldum and Fabinho are going to start the City game. As much as people don't like that, me included. I, I'm okay with it. I, I'm actually that, okay. As long as the result yeah. goes, I'm okay with it. I think, yeah. But I think that's, given the situation with Casey getting the knock and not being in form, I mean, Ox could potentially play his way in there, but the likelihood is that's the free that start. And so you've got to manage them across these next two games. And if Fabinho misses this one, and then you give Wijnaldum a rest midweek, and then you maybe you bring him on for Henderson and they do a 60-30 split or whatever, and at least then the players are just being a little bit managed because uh, we need them peak going into City. But I think this weekend, it, it, it's got to be resting Fabinho or leaving him out, well, I think, given our squad worth, situation, he's going to be benched. Say, it's worth saying with Fabinho as well, Jay, that... You know, he's had a couple of international breaks with a lot of miles and in both directions. He's been down here in Brazil. They were across in Singapore. You know, there's a lot of miles he's done and he hasn't missed a game all season, really. You know, it's it, it, to me, if if there's any of the squad crying out at the minute for, for some minutes, just just the rest, for me, it's Fabinho. And, and as I say, just because of just how key he has become. Like he is, he is the go-to in midfield. He is the man of the midfield now. He's the spine, and you 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 go back to front. Uh, you can name our team pretty much with your eyes closed, but the spine of the team is Alisson, Virgil, Fabinho, Firmino, and that's set. I mean, obviously the likes of Robbo, Trent, Mane, and Salah fill in, and they their starters guaranteed too. But that spine is vital, and if they're fit, they play. That that's that's set in stone. So it's an opportunity that's arisen to itself that. If he misses out the weekend, he's missed midweek, he'll miss the weekend. It's nearly 10 days rest going into the Genk game, which, as you say, he needs. And he's being called up again for Brazil, um, the next international break. Is that right with Alisson and Firmino? So you probably know so where, not, where the play is. No, no fucking clue. I'll know probably a week beforehand I'll take an interest <laughs> in it. But, you know, but, the, the, thing about, the good thing about it, he's not getting a lot of minutes down here. There's still 
pretty much in the dark as to how good he is, Jay, which is which yeah. is great. It, it was we used to have that with Firmino. He traveled, but he didn't get a lot of minutes. Unfortunately, now he gets the minutes. But Fabinho's in that old and Coutinho actually before him as well was the same. He used to travel, didn't get the minutes. So, you know, as long as that continues as well, it, it, it won't last forever, Jay, but just at this moment in time with Brazil, it's to our benefit. It's still the miles in his leg, in his air legs, in his air miles in his legs, though, isn't it? Like he's still, yeah, he's still traveling across the globe, which can't be good for you. No, um, it's debilitating in, in, in some capacity. And that's why I say a week's rest at this stage, I think, makes, makes the ultimate sense. Yeah. And obviously, just aside from Fabinho, the likes of, Rubble, who didn't play last night. Trent, who didn't play last night. I know Trent's carried a virus and whatever, but Mane and Salah, for me, you know, the luxury that we've actually got to, to rest these players and give them a full week, that that's underestimated how big that can probably be for us going in. Because we the question of if we're taking this serious or not, that that's up for debate. But, but City still played Aguero, Jesus, uh Bernardo, Mares, they still played them midweek. So Pep's taking it serious and he's gambling in terms of playing these players. Now, fair play if he wants to do that, that's his choice. But at least we've had the opportunity to rest these lads and give them a full week's rest going into the next couple of weeks where we've got three huge games within a week. So maybe that might play in our favour. We Only time will tell. No, indeed. And um, listen, we 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 we'll, we'll leave. I don't. Uh, do, do you foresee? Uh, I the front three picks itself really doesn't it. You don't see any changes there. No, no. I mean, I think the team we probably know. I say we 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 expect Bobby Lovren will start, and yeah, yeah, the midfield so. is the only question. And for me, I would go with Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Ox, and then bring Milner on for the last half hour. Give Ox a breather. Um, that's. Two sixty, seventy minutes, he will have added his belt in in a short space of time, which can do him no harm. And we rest, leave out Fabinho, and then we we've got midweek where he can come in and get his reps and get back sharp again if he's had a little bit of feast up time in the last ten days. But I think the team picks itself, and I fully expect the result to take care of itself. Um, we should be too good for them on the day. Absolutely. Well, listen, as I say, we started in the League Cup, only right with just a very quick one here at the end on it. If you put, you know, you talked talked about spine of a team there, Jay, and, and you know, I'm talking about maybe if, if we can resolve all the issues around scheduling and so on, and, and we manage to, 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 to get into this game, I'm thinking of maybe, you know, if, if you increase with Adrian, who, who you know, deserves his game time, and, uh, and you know, maybe... Not go with the Lana experiment at six and something a little bit more robust and, and solid there. This team can do stuff, surely. Yeah, I think I think we might see Adrian next round. Um no no doubt on uh, and no disrespect. You know, it's 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 hard to say that because the kid's done so well and it's no disrespect to him at all. But you know, our attitude as fans in the last 24 hours has changed towards this competition, Jay. There's, there's a yeah. person in the fan base now going, here's a fucking trophy, let's grab it. And this is the old Liverpool attitude and this is where I'm kind of go with it. And I'm, and I'm looking at it now, does Klopp go, you know, maybe a Shakiri coming back, you know, put an Adri in there. Maybe just, you know... Just, just uh, a few for, tweaks. You know, maybe you're talking about a Wijnaldum, that, that wise head there, maybe holding at six for them. I think you look at a different team. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you say from what didn't play last night to what we can put in without really affecting the first team, then you could say Shakiri could come in, you could have a centre-half be it Lovren or Massive, whoever's not getting the reps at the time you could argue obviously Adrian to come in you could argue for the midfielders to come in in either Wijnaldum Henderson or even Fabinho, depending on where the schedule is, just a wise, experienced head, and then you could probably maybe plug in a more experience in one of the fullback positions, should you need it. But last night they didn't do themselves any harm. Or even if you're playing a more experienced. Well, well, young Hoover was you. away. Hoover's away at the under seventeen I, World Cup at the minute. I completely and, and forgot he, about him. Yeah, and and you know he he would be back for that, and and he's shown in, in flashes. There's a player in him. Oh yeah, more than doubt there's a player, and I mean you could even just. You could play what the bulk of what we play last night and maybe put a bit more experience on the bench. If you've got one of the front three 
sat on the bench, added to that one of an experienced midfielder, add to that a experienced fullback. Just on the bench, just three of them, and you still have a few young lads in there. At least you've got the option there, should you need it, and if you want to uh, play it's it. A, it's, a good, it's a good psychological tool as well. Oh, fuck, they can go to the bench and they can bring... You know, you, you, you don't want Mane or a Salah on the bench just for the crack, like, and, and it, it worries them, you know what I mean? It, well, it, it, if you're at a Villa Park and say, say the game's in the balance, we call it one all, and there's 25 minutes to go, and Klopp sends out Trent... Salah and Wijnaldum to warm up down the sideline. If you if you're there, fans, you're going, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, and as you say, it could all be purely psychological, just to just to play, just say, go go on, lads, go and have a little jog, just loosen your legs, and we might bring you on, we might not, but it's a it, it's a good huge psychological tool if you've got one of these world class players just having a little warm up on the sideline. No, indeed. Well, listen, I think we'll leave it at that, Jay. Uh, we've convinced ourselves now that, that the League Cup is worth winning. <laughs> any it's, any Cup's worth winning. Unfortunately, the, we want them all. Jay, you know something? I, I was sitting thinking, you know, what we're just reading our, our social media and our fans and whatnot. You, you can for, you can be forgiven for, for forgetting that we've only won one European Cup recently. You think we've won the bloody lot. We've still It's all in front of us. The difference is we've got the team to do it this time. So why not just have the crack and go for it? And, and by the looks of it, and what we saw and what we learned last night is we have some understudies who have the same hunger as the first team. It's, it's brilliant. Well, we're known as the unbearables right now. And that's because we've won the Champions League. And <laughs> did, you see his tro- did you see his troll in Arsenal TV last night? Did you did oh, you yeah. see those? Ah, oh, fucking fantastic! <laughs> but you know, if we go we go and at the World Club Camp Championship and we throw another couple or two trophies into the into the cabinet over the next twelve months, then hell yeah, we we'll be unbearable for a long, long time. So we only get more unbearable by winning more things. And if you're a red who doesn't want to win more things, be more unbearable. <laughs> then let's not let's not get there. But you know, let's make it unbearable. Let's get on the train because. At the moment, this train's only going in one direction and it's successful. It's going to be very silver as well, hopefully. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, listen, Jay, listen, thank you so much for your time. I know that your, your schedule at the moment is a bit up the left, but uh, I appreciate you taking an hour out to have a chat. I thoroughly enjoyed that today. Absolute pleasure. Well, listen, we'll, we'll, no doubt we'll chat again very soon. But just one thanks to the listener for taking the time to listen to us. And we will be back again after the Villa game. So until then, up the League Cup winning Reds. <laughs>